0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 620
1: with Steve D. Filippo. You just can't get up in the morning and, and just go through your day. You've got to have a plan, you know, and, and you have to have goals. You know, I have a goal, right? I, you know, I'm always thinking about years ahead. I, I'm not just thinking about today. Are you ready for It Factors Success Stories? failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge. Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest
0: as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Here is a statistic for you. 89% bento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. Get on it. I'm sure you've heard of Revel but have you heard of the Revel Advantage? It is the payment processing solution that seamlessly integrates into your Revel Point of Sale and platform to create a complete system tailored to your business needs. Revel manages both your POS and your payments with integrated software, hardware and credit card processing to save you time and money so you can focus on your business. Learn more at revelsystems.com/un Unstoppable. So with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Steve DiFilippo. Steve, are you feeling unstoppable today?
1: I got to tell you, just being in your presence, I feel unstoppable. I mean, you are unbelievable. I mean, I think I was what, the second or third interview you did? Like how many years ago was that? That was in
0: 2014, almost six years ago. Yeah, we're going into the fifth year. That's so great. You're going to be episode 620. So
1: you you could (laughs) have just ended the next day after me. Thank God you went, you know, this is cool.
0: Well, it's actually funny. I will link to that episode. That was episode three or four. I cannot remember. have the, the link in the show notes. Restaurant Unstoppable has come a long way since then, so uh, bear bear with. Uh, Steve was great. Jeez, I hope I don't
1: contradict <laughs> what I said six years ago. I don't
0: know. <laughs> so, so in case you guys did not catch that first episode with Steve, uh, Steve D'Filippo started his restaurant career at a young age and would go on to attend Boston University and Cambridge School of Culinary Arts. In 1985, he took over Davios of Boston at the age of 24. 33 years later, he has grown the Davios brand to 10. Separate locations, which includes five locations in Massachusetts, two locations in Pennsylvania, one location in Manhattan, Atlanta, and Irvine, California. The Davios brand also has a food company, which spun off the concept of their Philly cheese steak spring rolls. And lastly, Mister De Filippo is the author of the restaurant business book. It's all about the guest exceeding expectations in business and in life. The Davios way. All right, I cannot wait to dive into your story. But let's get that motivational in. Inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us?
1: Follow your passion. You know, just figure out what you want to do in your life and just go for it. You know, I I'm tired of people saying I hate my job. I I, I complainers. Don't complain to me. Go do it. Figure it out.
0: Awesome, great way to get this thing started. And if you're wondering why we're we're telling Steve's life story. For a second time, it's because the first episode, the the format has changed so much that I'm just starting from scratch, like Steve has never been on the phones or on the the, uh the podcast. So we're just gonna take it from the very beginning. So take us there. Where did it all start for for you? When did you know that your life was gonna be in restaurants?
1: Julia Child. Julia Child changed my life. I started watching her when I was like 10 years old and my mom was a great cook and I used to cook with my mom but I I learned all the Italian meatballs and all that stuff as a kid. But when I started watching Julia, I started learning it was a difference. There was a different stuff, stocks and, and the chemistry of food. That's what really... I, I just couldn't believe it, you know, and then I was fortunate my dad, and my mom we used to travel and you know, I, I got to go to Italy and I got to go to France and uh, all over the country, and you know a lot of different restaurants and hotels and I just I just wanted to do this I and I loved to service people I loved it when my parents went away and my brother and sister needed to cook you know they, and I used to love to do it I'd cook in the morning I'd cook at night and, and, and it was just something that since I was a little kid I've always wanted to do and then when I started working in restaurants and went to Boston University and I started working in Faneuil Hall in Boston I, I was like wow this is it this is what I want to do I just it was unbelievable since I was a young kid and here I am by the way it's been 34 years now uh, 34 we, just, we, just, we just had an Anniversary last week uh, at Davios because May sixth of eighty five is when when it all started for me at Davios and uh, and here we are thirty four years later and I honestly I feel like I'm just getting started Man. I just can't I have so much going on right now and I, I go through it all with you uh, I have a lot going on it's it's so much fun
0: I'm sure we'll dive into it but one thing I want to pull um, from your book is, I mean, the the passion of it all is coming out in your story already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not just the passion for the food. It sounds like from a really early age, you had a
1: passion for people, a passion for service. Do you want to get yeah, into that? Yeah, well, you know, I think if you're not a people person, don't go into the restaurant business. I mean, th- this is a, I mean, think about it, right? We have thousands of guests that come to our restaurants a day. And if I didn't love people, you know, what would I do? You know, I, you know, you might think, you know, we have all these restaurants and I have over a thousand Uh, Inner guests, by the way, we we don't use the word employee. We call them uh, inner guests. That's what our people are. Uh, If I didn't love what I do, you know, I'd probably have an office, right? I'd probably go to an office every day, And, and 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 God knows what I would do there. You know, but you know what? I don't have an office, right? You're, you're sitting in one of my offices. Davio's in Boston. That's my office. I don't. I, I find it crazy when I hear restaurateurs go to an office every day. You know, I don't know what they do. You, your office should be your restaurant. It should be your kitchen. It should be your dining room. Uh, that's where you should be. You know, and that's where I am every day.
0: And that was the mantra of our first interview. You said, uh, you know, get out of the office was the mantra mm-hmm. that you had. in – you know it's true i mean that's where the business this is a people business it's about relationships and you it's i don't know about you but i like the relationships that are face to face that's why i've taken the podcast on the road you can connect on a different level i mean you can connect with the emails but why not connect on a face to face level
1: just, which is changing in america because because of our smartphones i think we're getting less and less of this mm. uh, so you're actually Kind of going against the grain, which which I love because this is exactly what I am. You know, I, that's why I'm on a plane. And that's why I travel so much, and I'm I'm in the restaurants. I don't just have restaurants around the country. Uh, just have restaurants around the country. I, I do it because uh, I love new deals. I like to meet new people. I like to do training, uh, and and it's about the people. I mean, I I just don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I you know. I get so frustrated with some of these other restaurateurs that are not in their restaurants. I mean, you go and you walk in a restaurant, you know right away that something's wrong. Mm. That you know that the host doesn't look at you, the bartender. You know there's no manager on the floor. You know what, what is going on. You know, and I, I just I I, I tell the story a lot because I get frustrated a lot because people. Um they're just not running restaurants because a restaurant to me, food's important. Don't get me wrong. I'm a chef. I I, I love food. I, I'm a nut about food. But honestly, it's about hospitality. Mm. That's why people come to restaurants. And I think that's why I'm not so worried about Amazon um, because you can't have hospitality in your house. Yeah, we can deliver your food. And our, our delivery and our pickup is higher than it's ever been in, in, in our 34 years. Yeah, but it's not... Our restaurants are not down. You know, you, you can't get hospitality at home. So you have to go to a restaurant. And that's the difference between our restaurant, in my opinion, uh, and a lot of other restaurants.
0: So I want to find out how you develop these values and why mm-hmm. uh, hospitality is so important to you. So let's bring it back to your story, you getting into the industry. Who were the key mentors you had? How did you transform during the come up? I know that you, you started in college and you worked at Seaside, correct? Mm-hmm,
1: correct, yeah. So, so basically my dad and my mom obviously were my first mentors, my grandmother, my uncle. I mean – I. I have such an incredible family uh, for this because my dad was from Providence, Rhode Island. He was such a great sales guy. You know, he, he, he talking about loving people. This guy lit up a room. You know, he just, unfortunately, uh, I'm wearing his ring right now, his wedding ring. So that probably tells you he, he's gone. He oh, just died last year. So sorry to hear that. yeah, but he was 90 years old. It was his time. But, uh, you know, I learned so much from my dad, how to deal with people. You know, he was such a great speaker and he was so much fun to be around and get specific uh, how did he teach
0: you to deal with people what was the key lesson well he told me
1: to pay attention Mm. he said when you go into a space you go in i don't care if you're on the bus you're uh in a store you're wherever you are look around look at people look at their eyes you know look you know we would go into a restaurant he'd say all right you know he, he would test me what's the server wearing tonight And I would say, oh, he's wearing a tie, he's got it. And and I I knew, sometimes I didn't know it was coming, you know. He would change it up, but he would always quiz me about what was going on around me, you know. And he thought, that's how you learn. And that's why he loved to take us on the road. We would travel and go places, and he always felt that uh, we learned more from, you know, I feel like Bruce Springsteen. I learned more from a three-minute record than I did at school, you know. That's (laughs) a quote from Springsteen. But, you know, that's kind of what my dad felt. He felt we learned more a week in Tuscany or or a week in, you know, somewhere. Uh, week in Cape Cod. It didn't have to be some fancy place. You know, it was just uh, you learned more by being away from your environment, meeting new people, people who aren't, you know, because, you know, when you live in a neighborhood, you pretty much are like those people in the neighborhood. So you need to leave your neighborhood and see the world. Perspective. Yeah, to, to figure out, you know, about the world yes. you know and that's that's really what i learned from my it dad. sounds like yeah. he was teaching you
0: situational awareness and mindfulness mm-hmm. right and being present not yeah. just existing but existing and in, in interacting with the world around you and and being mindful of what's happening so you can anticipate needs right and all these little things that are so important yeah. in the restaurant yeah
1: you also you know i i do a lot of public speaking i travel all over the place and and I do a lot of speeches, and he, he really taught me how to light up a room. You know, he, taught, he taught me how to you know jokes. He taught he taught me how to get started with the, uh you know how to how to do the, the whole speaking thing. And I and you know it's it, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I have a lot of fun doing that. So you yeah. um any other key mentors uh, during the, your your formative well, years? Oh, I'm just getting assist? started. I mean, yeah. I, you know, we, we we I think you know I probably have a dozen people that really framed me. And and you know starting with my dad and my mom. Then I then in high school I had a football coach, Mr. Rhodes. Was incredible, you know. I, I was big into football, and, and I, I played all the sports, but football was probably my best sport. And uh, so, Mr. Road taught me about uh, never quitting, you know, and, and being uh, just doing the best you can, you know, yeah. and, and not worry. You know, we never talked about winning. I, I know it seems crazy, you know. You play football, you know. He just thought, you know, you just go out and do your best, you know, and and you know, and if you win, that's even better. So, it's, of course, it's better to win. But you know what? Just do the best and, and have fun and you know so I learned a lot from him and then then I went to college and you know I had uh, I worked at Seaside and Faneuil Hall, like you mentioned and, and Bobby Hillson uh, Jerry Feldman, who owned the restaurant uh, I learned a lot from them i learned I learned how to delegate because uh, those guys were the best they they had this great restaurant, but they let their people run the restaurant you know and I really. Respected that You know And I learned so much uh, How to run a restaurant I gotta pull a cons- layer back On that yeah, Cause sure. I
0: mean, delegation is huge Yeah but yeah. What specifically Did he teach you About delegation And how to delegate
1: Well You know He saw my attitude That you know I wanted to learn About food costs You know I wanted to Uh you know, working, the. I was, I started as a bus boy, but by the time I left there five years later, I was the head chef. So I, I went through that, the whole thing. I started busing and then uh, I started working in the kitchen doing prep and then I was, became a server. And then, so I was kind of doing both at the same time. Uh, and they just let me go, you know, like, uh, you know, this is back in the days where you didn't have to worry about laws about getting paid and, you know, internships. And now it's very difficult. Um, with with how things work with this kind of thing cuz I used to just come in on my own you know and uh I would come in and learn inventory with the chef and I'd go in the office and they just let me do whatever I I wanted you know but you know I, I it wasn't like I was in their way you know I maybe I was now that I look back on it I just but <laughs> but I I I think that he he saw that you know I had it in my eye you yeah. know well, and, and he knew that I was going and it's funny I still talk to this man I mean he's retired now he lives in Florida and and, and I still talk to him this is this is 40 years later yeah
0: I think there's I'm happy you're going here because I yeah. do think that is a two-way street delegation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to get out of the way and just just let people go, like you said. Mm-hmm. But at the other, on the other side, you also got to be that person that's looking to take initiative, that's looking to come in and learn, that's looking to to not be told but to ask, yeah. right? Well, and well, it sounds see, like you're yeah. that kind of person. Well, Eric,
1: I wasn't really. Worried, but it wasn't about money for me. You know, I wasn't. I was trying to make more money, or right? I, I was just a knowledge crazy person. I, I am a. I ask a lot of questions. You know, I drive people nuts because I I'll be you and I'll get in a car and we'll go somewhere I'm in an elevator I am constantly asking people do you know, kind of like a Seinfeld sir you know I you know why do you think this is or why you know I just have a lot of thoughts you know and I just things come to my head and I talk and I talk to people I, I I meet people in the craziest places you know I uh and and I think it's because I'm my original Thought about my dad is, is paying attention uh, and, and getting involved.
0: Yeah. So we have all types of listeners. So if you're listening to this as a restaurateur or as a leader, as a manager, uh you know, get out of the way. Give your people the room to grow. But on the other side, if you're listening to this as an aspiring restaurant tour or leader, ask questions, take initiative, be curious. Uh, is what I'm getting from you. And mm-hmm. this was your first restaurant gig, right? This, uh, these two locations. So uh,
1: you mean, I mean, uh, seaside, seaside. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I worked. I worked at BU. I worked. I was. I worked in these bars and stuff, and, and it was kind of like a nightclub. But. Um, I got out of that, and I got over to Seaside, and again, I'm I'm 18 years old at the time. By the way, yeah, you know, this is you know, I'm 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 58, so we're talking 40 years ago. Wow, you know, and I tell you, I, I I am still excited as I was when I was 18. I just. Uh, you know, people keep – I keep getting the question, you know, Steve, when are you going to get out? When are you going to sell? You, you know, all these crazy um, – why would I do that now? You know, things are just, you know, just, <laughs> just getting going just here. Getting you know, started. I just – I really feel that way because the other thing is what else would I do? You know, I just
0: love well, what I do. I love that mentality too <laughs> because it's those people that feel like they've gotten there, like they've reached right. the point mm-hmm. and that's the point to get to and that's where it ends that mm-hmm. always gets surpassed mm-hmm. because the truth is it never ends. Right. And this industry is constantly evolving too. So right. I mean, you, you ever, you ever see edge.
1: people who have retired – they look retired, <laughs> yeah. don't they? I don't want to look retired. Yeah. I, I just don't.
0: you know. I love it. Yeah. So w- one thing I want to pull from your story is mm-hmm. that you. this is one of your first roles. You started at the bottom, and you climbed to the top to executive chef eventually. You graduated mm-hmm. from Boston University, and then you went immediately into uh, the Cambridge Culinary Program. Right. Uh, and before, was it four years total you were here?
1: Uh, well, I graduated in 82, uh, BU, marketing degree. And then I had one year before I started the other school. The other one didn't f- – it was only a year. Of sc- so one 84, year. essentially. 84 is when I finished uh, the culinary So you were there for like four years. By the way, to- I was full-time at Seaside during that time. Wow, that's crazy. And I worked Seaside that whole t- – through college and then uh, through culinary school. So I, I, I always had a job.
0: What I'm curious about is you went from the bottom rung all the way to the top in that four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, did you know from the very beginning that this was going to be your career? At what point at the Seaside did you say, like, this is what I'm going to go all in on?
1: Well, I knew, I, I was, I knew I was going to get my own restaurant eventually. Okay, so that was before even starting it. Oh, I, I mean, this was so my were, my, had, my goal okay. since I, you know, because my father, uh, you know, he was involved with this company called Universe. It was an industrial uniform company, very large company. My brother was in the company, my cousins, my father, my, my uncle, you know, a, everyone went into this company. It was a huge nationwide, it's actually an international company. So that was kind of what everyone thought I was going to do. But I knew, you know, I remember when I was like. You know, I think I was around 20, and I'm in college. And my mother kept telling me, "You got to go tell your dad you're not going into the universe. You're graduating next year. You know, you got to tell him what you're doing." Because my mom knew, you know. But my, I didn't really tell my dad that I I want to have a restaurant, you know, because it just, I it just never really got yeah. to that point. Yeah. you know. But I, but my mom knew so. One day I had a, I called him, oh, my dad. I need to come see you. So I went to his office, you know, up in Wilmington. That's where the, the main office was for Unifirst. And I had to go have a business meeting with my dad and tell him. <laughs> so I go in there and I'm just scared to death, right? I'm going to go tell my father. You know, I mean, it's kind of what a, was what was the terrifying thing about? Well, that? because I, I you know I didn't want him to say, "What are you out of your mind?" You know, I, I came out of college. I think I was making I don't know what I was making twenty thousand dollars a year, or whatever. I, I could have probably made you know double that at Unifirst, maybe more. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're talking a long time ago. Um, and so it was financially kind of crazy to be even be thinking about, you know, being a cook in a restaurant back then uh, when I could have went into university and been an, an executive, you know. So uh, so I went to see him and I said, Dad, you know, I just want, you know, you know, I, I – and I had been working at Unifirst during vacations. And, you know, ever since I was a kid, I, anytime I could, I would work there, you know. So I went to see him and I said, Dad, you know, I, I really don't want to work at Universe. He goes, great. Well, what, what are you going to do? I said, well, i, I want to own a restaurant. <laughs> right? an so, arrogant kid at 20 years old. I'm going to own a restaurant. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's like, you're going to own a restaurant. I said, yeah. He goes, well, how are you going to do that? I said, well, hopefully you're going to help me. <laughs> and so he goes, you know, Stevie, um, whatever you decide in life, I'm – I'm there.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And and
1: it was like a nothing conversation. When I say nothing, it was probably the most important conversation of my life. But he, uh, there was no second guessing, no like, what are you out of your mind? You know, he he saw my determination. He knew who I was and um, that I'm passionate and, and he knew I'd be successful. He just knew it, you know? So, four years later, I ended up coming across davios you know i don't know if we want to go into that whole story now but it's kind of a long story well i am curious how you found this
0: operation because from the research i did it sounds like davios had a really good reputation Mm -hmm. uh they were in business for maybe four years before you you came and took over Uh, pretty
1: much yeah so what happened was the original owner opened in 79 uh late 78 early 79 and then uh, he lost it after a few years Uh, he had some personal issues and then the manager uh took it over and he got some investors to come in and and he owned it for a few years and then they they just ran it to the ground. It was just a lot of issues. So maybe this
0: is a good point to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back to kind of, you set that up for us nicely. hospitality online with bento box by signing up today at get slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. All right. So we're back and you were just talking about how this opportunity uh, for Davios fell into your lap. So take it from now.
1: Let's go back it was a very small restaurant you know it's not like now the restaurant was about 3500 square original feet original location we're no at. no we're not we moved here 17 years oh that's ago. right that's the right. original one was on Newbury street that's so right. you know it was a very small restaurant we had about 15 people in the company like just tiny all right how so how many seats was it it was like 75 seats okay. and then and then upstairs was a bar that we had turned into a cafe uh, the first year but it it did like five hundred dollars a month up there. We ended up, you know, by the end of the second year, I was doing thirty thousand, you know, a week up there. It was crazy what. We transformed the place, but so anyway. So the restaurant was in uh, dire needs; it was a, just wasn't going well at, at, when I took it over. A uh, lot of lot of lot of issues. But what happened was I had another. There were eight owners of Davios. Uh, most of them were lawyer, a lawyer, a construction guy, an accountant, uh, and one of them was helping me look for my own restaurant. So we were looking around at different sites, and uh, and then he one day he says, "You know, Steve Davios is having you know, I'm a part owner of Davios and." Uh, I think it's going to go out of business. If, if someone doesn't come in there and take it over, there's a lot of problems over there. I said, well, let me go work there for a week and I'll, and I'll tell you what's going on, right? So I went in there kind of undercover. You know, I worked there uh, and thinking, I'm just going to help this guy, right? I worked there for a week. And it was. I'm thinking to myself, the rent at the time was $3,000 a month. It was an incredible lease right at Newbury Street, which was not what it was, uh, it is today then. you know, It was a little more run down then, but still a pretty good location. After a week, I, I was like, "Wow, you know, I'd love to take this place over. This is what I should do, you know." So I went to him. and I said, "You know, I'd, I'd love to, to be your guy here, and uh, you know, I'd like to be the owner as well." So I met with the the main guy, uh, and he says, "All right, this is what we'll do. We'll offer you like an eight year deal. Uh, you'll, you'll after like eight years, you'll own fifty percent. A lot of this whole like craziness, right?" So I so I thought about it, and then. I worked there, there another week, I said, "Let me work there another week, and let me do, let me tell you afterwards right? so after another week, I realized that the problem was all these owners and all these people who were involved but again this restaurant's doing they were doing about twenty five thousand a week I mean not very busy, okay, but they had all these hands in the till. I mean it was really bad, right so plus, there was a lot of drugs there was a lot a of, lot of issues there and I tell, I tell the story in my book it 's just really uh,
0: troubling. So that's one of the things I really want to get into um, more than how this opportunity presented itself to you. But a lot of things, I think what what we can get from this conversation is a lot of people listening to this might be going into a situation right now where there's a pre-existing restaurant and they're new management or they're new ownership and they're coming in and they have to basically rinse the bad habits rinse all the the negativity or the the things you want to change from the old operation to the new operation how did you go well, about well, doing well i'm
1: going to tell you right now what i did so i i had some money that i could buy in and, and maybe own maybe half okay but i didn't because when i was when i was in bu i i had bought some condos and i had, you know so i i had a, I, for 24 years old i had i had some money you know Again, like maybe a couple hundred grand. Not a lot of money, but I had enough to maybe get in and own half. But I didn't have enough to take them out, right? So I went to my dad. I said, Dad, you know, I I got this thing on Newbury Street. Uh, Can can you sell me up at the bank, Bank of New England? So my dad said, yeah, call this guy and he'll help you, right? So I called the guy because he wouldn't talk to me. I'm 24. Who wants to invest in, you know, give me any money? But because my dad made the call, he met with me. And so now I know I got the money. So I go back to the head of the – Obvious thing and I said look uh, you know the problem with this restaurant the problem is you people is the problem <laughs> you guys need to go You all of you need to go I mean the managers the, the owners the you chef the chef after a couple days yeah a couple days I, yeah, right? a couple of, it, it, it was just a whole disaster right and and he agreed the guy says you know what he, he, he goes you know what uh, this place is gonna go down so he, he, in his mind he's thinking you know if I get anything out of this kid uh, it's better because you know a few months from now I'm gonna get nothing right so He thought he screwed me, right? It's really what he thought, you know, when I look back on it. So I ended up getting him some money, and I bought the whole place out and got rid of everybody. And then, you know... I mean, I would take out someone every day. It was amazing, and I brought in my own people who, yeah. who were passionate and good people. And then, uh, you know, the first week I fired the best server because he was he was not good chemistry. He was all about himself. He wasn't a team player, you know. And I knew he had to go. And and, and I got everyone's attention when I did that. Yeah. I set the tone. In fact, the first chapter in it's all it's about all the guys to so set the tone because yeah. you need to set the tone mm-hmm. when you buy any business and yeah. say, okay, this is what we're gonna do. You know, and uh, even though the place, you know, the food, it wasn't that bad. You know, but they were all kind of like misfits. You know, they used to party all night. I mean, it was just—I can't even tell you what a disaster it
0: was. So you basically just reset the culture. And one thing, people—there was no culture. Well, that's well. I mean, (laughs) culture. Culture is always, no matter what is the situation. Like it was bad culture. Exactly. You know, like your culture is. Is omnipresent It's always there Uh, And it doesn't matter What you wrote down In your operations manual What your culture is Is what's happening right now The goal Is to make whatever Is in your operation manual Be reality But the reality Of your situation Was it was shit Yeah So We can swear I, I do. <laughs> Sorry, I should have warned you. Uh, so basically... I've never uh, sworn on a radio. <laughs> uh, that's the beauty of podcasts. Okay, yeah, right, right, right. So um, basically... Shit! I yeah. was want wanted to say that.
1: <laughs>
0: so you you basically stripped it and you right. said,
1: we need to get new people in here. We need to create a new reality, a new, yeah. new energy. Um, By the way, I, I like what you just said. There's a lot of people that write these manuals, and they have a job description, or they have their, you know, what the company's all about, and they don't follow it. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot, and it's very troubling for me.
0: So, for I mean, this is going back 1985. Um, I'm not sure what the hiring scene was like then versus what it is today. Maybe it's more difficult today to – would you agree or disagree with that statement, with the the hiring shortage? I would say it's harder today. Yeah. So. With it being harder today, what's your advice for that person that has to strip the current culture and reset it with new people and new energy?
1: Well, you you, you first of all, you got to think about who you are. You know what what do you want to project? What you know what is what is your company about? You know, and you really got to write it down. You know, you you got to think about okay, this is my or this is what how I want to be. This is my company, and you got to stick to it. You know, you can't like have you know marry your next door neighbor. Gets this, and Joe, your friend from college, gets that. You can't have any of that. You know, some of my toughest decisions was firing some of my best friends Mm. who who just did not want to get part of the chemistry. You know, they thought that they could just do what they wanted, or or it it didn't matter. The brand, Davia's brand, is bigger than me. It's bigger than all of us. You know, and I and I've had to explain this to some people sometimes. Like, you know, you can't just wing it. You know, you really got to have it together. You know, and uh, I I learned that a long time ago. And
0: it sounds like the best way to have it together from what you said before is is getting it down and writing it down and setting it right, mm-hmm. whether it's culture or systems processes. Uh, what's your advice for that? Getting it down.
1: Well, you know, back in the day, I would just take a piece of paper. I used to have the yellow pads, and I literally would write down what I was going to change, what I was going to do, and, I, and now I have it on my phone, and I just and I literally do my every day in the morning. I actually do my little thing to do list. And by the end of that day, I, I try to delete everything on that list. Mm. Uh, and, and I still do this 40, 35 years later or whatever. Uh, and I think that's something, you know, you just can't get up in the morning and, and just go through your day. You've got to have a plan, you mm-hmm. know, and, and you have to have goals. You know, I have a goal, right? I, you know, I'm always thinking about years ahead. I, I'm not just thinking about today, you know. And I think sometimes in our business, the restaurant business, uh, people do that. They just think about today. You know, yeah. and I don't think I'd still be here 34 years. Uh, if I thought about just, today. I'm always thinking of head.
0: Yeah, well, thinking, talking about thinking ahead. I mean, you've scaled this thing from one location to now ten locations, plus wholesale, mm-hmm. plus uh, your, you know, you're, you have other verticals you're getting involved with. Mm-hmm. With the book uh, being a, an author, uh, let's talk about that that scaling and that evolution. Right. Well, um, we
1: actually have two being built right now. We're op- we're going to open a JetBlue terminal right here in Logan Airport uh, that'll be open later this summer, and then this fall we're doing a big new restaurant, the biggest restaurant I've ever built. Uh, on the seaport and right on the water uh, in Boston. Wow. And that's going to be about 16,000 square feet. Wow. It's, it's really big, and uh, we're excited about that. Uh, it's it's going great, and uh, and then we have another restaurant next year is going to open up in North Dallas, and then and then after that we're doing uh, Virginia Tyson's Corner, and then Pittsburgh. I mean, I have five restaurants right now that we're all in the next year, two years, and, and then of course we have the the products which are yeah. just off the charts.
0: We'll get into the present yeah. day, but what I'm curious about is you opened the first or you took over the first location in 1985. How long did it take you to go from one to two? Uh,
1: three years. So in '88 we opened in Brookline. I bought a building. I learned a lot. You know, I bought this old. Uh, it was an Irish bar that had been there for twenty years, and uh, it was really, it, it was a great thing for a while. But the problem was, it was a very expensive building. I owned the whole building, and here I'm twenty-seven years old, and I buy it. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. But uh, it needed a lot of work, uh, and uh, it, it was, it was hard um, to pay the bills because even though we were doing great numbers, we were. You know, A few miles outside of Boston But the problem is People didn't spend there Like they did in Boston So we would be packed But the check average was lower And it was hard to pay For this whole building uh, With that one restaurant In fact I've never bought A, a restaurant space again Since then Because uh, it, so it
0: just didn't work how did you know You were ready for the second location What things happened Within the business to re- So you could remove yourself From the day to day To work on opening That second location
1: Well I had the people You know I, I had I had the chef. I had I had managed. I had people who wanted to grow with me, you know. And uh, and and I also grew up in a family with my father and my uncle and my cousins. They grew from Dorchester, Massachusetts, uh, Unifirst. In fact, it was called Interstate Uniform at the beginning, and then it went public in '84 and became Universe And so I saw this little tiny little uniform company grow all over the country into Canada and Europe, and so. It was kind of in me, you know my father was that 's what he he was an entrepreneur you know he he grew this thing with my uncle and uh, that 's kind of what i want to do i i i I knew that one restaurant two restaurants was not going to do it for me not, not that there's anything wrong with that it's great owning one or two restaurants it's just i I had it in my blood to kind of go to new new states and new you know that was always in the plan you know i'm, I'm basically living my dream, which is you know sometimes I just I, I just can't even believe it that I'm sitting here, you know, 34 years later, and it kind of all came out. You know, it's all it's all worked out. You know, so
0: the, the big thing I, I took from that um, is the people. And it sounds like you know, you, from the day one, you knew we got to get rid of these people, and you inj- injected the business with new people. Uh, how did you find those people? What were you doing to get the right people on? Your team?
1: Well, I had some people from Seaside, right? I had, I had a few, couple servers from there, th- actually three, uh, from there. I, I actually kept a couple people from the original Davios that actually still work here. Imagine oh, wow. that, 34 years. Tonino and, and Jaime, uh, you know, Jaime, he's in the kitchen. He's been in the kitchen s- since I started, 34, 35 years now. He's the guy that makes the bolognese and the sauces. And, you know, he has like seven weeks vacation because every five years, I have like, another week. You know, Were these guys so- from Seaside? Uh, no, they were Davios. They, they they were there when I came in. Okay. So those two guys out of the 15, you know, they're, they're still here. Uh, and they're great guys. And, you know, they, they wanted to work with me. and they so they, they, they made got the it. cut. They weren't. Yeah. Well, okay. Tony, actually, I tell the story in the book, he was kind of an arrogant asshole at the beginning. And I, I had to take him out by the dumpster one night after like the second week. And I said, look, you know, you want to be like this or you want to be like me? Okay. We you you're too judgmental, you're not a good chemistry guy, uh you're it's all about today with you. You know, you're trying to you're basically ripping people off by making them spend too much money. You know, I don't think like that. You know, I think for the future. If I'm gonna be here for my whole life, you can't think about you know so I had to really give it to this guy. Yes. You know, and and, and I said, look, tomorrow don't come here. Don't you're you're done. You know, yeah. just like oh. everybody else. You know, I gave it I gave it to him really hard. And guess, guess what? He came in the next day and he said when I talked to you, I said, Sure, and this is Tonino, this Italian who, in my opinion is the best server in the world. Um, thirty four years later he's still so we're here. And, and and he came over to me and said, You know, I just want you to know, thank you for yesterday. You're right. Uh, I started to be more like the people that aren't here anymore that you got rid of all of them <laughs> yeah. and and I and I I want to I want to be with you I Yo, you know and that's what happened he and, he and he did it
0: Steve I'm loving this conversation and one thing I love to say is behind every great restaurant it's a great person and mm-hmm. the greatest restaurants what they do is they recreate themselves and others and mm-hmm. they take the best parts of them that the core values right the, the 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 passion the vision whatever it is they and they they inject that into the
1: people and that's what you did you said yeah. you well I'll you, give you some did. examples like smoking right. Everybody smoked, and I thought it was disgusting. Okay, so I I encouraged everyone to stop smoking. You know, I said, look, you know, there's a smoke classes you can go to. I'll I'll pay half, you pay half, because you need to you know have some money in the game. Um, you know, I had some people. I had everybody quit smoking because to me, there's nothing worse than you're sitting at a table and a, a server comes over who was just smoking out the back. You know, I it just, it's just it just you know. stinks so, on. Yeah, but that's you know more hospitality for a restaurant, but your health. Okay, I'm sorry. It's not healthy to smoke. I don't know. Is this, is this like a news flash? You know, I mean, you know, so I, I really – I try to change people to help them be better, you know, like health insurance, right? There was no restaurant in the 80s paying for health insurance, right? There just wasn't happening, you know. Uh, vacations. There was no one – you know, I, I wanted a real company because, again, I came – my father's – you know, their business was a real company. They had health insurance. They had vacations, you know. Uh, they helped people save money, you know. So that's – my idea was like – you know, even though we had 15 people, I helped them get, you know, we had a health insurance policy. Yeah. I remember the first day I said, Guys, does anyone here have health insurance? They didn't even know what it was. No, They're like, What do you mean? You know, They all went to the emergency room if they got sick. They never went, they never yeah. had doctors. I, I said, When was the last time you guys went to the dentist? Yeah. None of them had a dentist, right? So I gave them dental, you know, all these things, which I, you know, I have, you know, now we have over a thousand people on the plane. You know, it's crazy what, what has happened over these years. But at the beginning, uh, it was, Something that none of these people ever heard
0: of. Yeah, so the big thing I'm getting from you in those early years from going from one to two is recreating yourself in your people and and getting the people and and having that people-dependent business early on and the other thing is just care for your people and and, and provide value to your people. But by the way,
1: don't grow because you think you have great managers or chefs. Don't grow because you think uh, these people are going to leave you if you don't get another restaurant. That's not why you should do it. You should do it because, first of all, you think you work a lot with one restaurant? You're going to double. You, it, 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 you work so much harder yeah. when you have two restaurants. I mean, never mind the financial stuff. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say to me, well, you know, if I don't get that other restaurant, I'm going to lose that manager. I'm going to lose that chef. Well, you know what? Too bad. Don't go into a bad restaurant deal or because you think you're going to save this person. They're going to probably leave you anyway. Maybe not – this year but two or three years they're going to leave you know i mean that's that's what happens Mm -hmm. you know you have to know how everything works right i know how i mean i've had great people with me and they and they've left they've opened their own places or they've gone work for other people um and i have never worried about it because i'm the original guy you know i know how all the food works i know how our 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 brand is. So I've never really worried about that.
0: Yeah. So one other thing I think is, um, worth getting into, you know, you went from, thank you for, for diving into that by the way. But I mean, I want to, before we go to the speed round, I want to talk about scaling your business, uh, from, one to two to three locations to now you're at ten locations uh, you're, 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 you have the time to write a book mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're, I did not wait. have time but I did it anyway <laughs> you did it anyway so what like take us through like the next level of scaling and how you yeah. get from that level okay. of first
1: marketing. thing is you need money mm-hmm. okay you need a lot of money if you're gonna do another restaurant you better have a lot of you. Be, that first restaurant would be making a lot of profit I mean like a ton of money.
0: Is there a, a number, like a, a fixed well, number we can? Well, I, I like
1: to say ten percent. You know, bottom line in our business, you know, the av- industry average is like two and a half, three percent. You know, um, but our restaurants range from ten, fifteen in that range. Net profit, so you know, ten percent is really what you should be, and you should have a nice savings account. You should be putting money to the side. Uh, you should be very healthy. You're paying your bills thirty days, if not. 15 days, 20 days. You know, you really want to be very, very, very healthy before you expand. Do not expand. You know, I have other people say, well, if I do that other restaurant, I'll make money that will help me. The No, 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 I, Sometimes I just, like, I, I don't understand what they're saying. You know, like, you, <laughs> you, okay, you're not making a lot, so you think the second one's going to help you with the first one? Yeah. No, 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 no. That first restaurant has to be incredibly yeah. profitable, and you have to have incredible people because all of a sudden you're not going to be there. So, with me, I, you know, right now, if I walk out in that dining room, I might know a few people because, you know, I, I'm, I'm known here. But most people I don't know anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. it's such – our brain is so strong. Now, if you walk in the dining room and you know every single person there in your restaurant, that's not a great sign. Because what happens when you go to the other restaurant and you're gone? What are they going to do? You know, so yeah, they're
0: depending so, on you. They're, they're yeah, depending
1: on that relationship. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, I know it's important to be well known in your restaurant, but you really want to be diverse yeah. and not have it all you. You're That's not the not, only
0: person in your restaurant, right? You need yeah. to get people to right. develop relationships with right. the head bartender. Right. And, I, and I'll tell man. you what: when,
1: when I when we came here, you know, we moved here 17 years ago. It a, you know, this restaurant's like three times the size. Of the other. I knew we had made it when I didn't know one person in the restaurant. I was mm. like, wow. I mean, I'm talking about guests who came to that front door, I didn't, we had about 300 people here one night and I didn't know one. Not one person knew who I was and that to me is a success. That's when I knew that it wasn't all about me, right? And, and they were here for the food, the ambiance, the hospitality. They were here because it was Davio's, not because it was Steve Filippo. you know? That used to scare me because how do you grow? How do you get that second restaurant if the first one is all you, right? And that's why a lot of restaurants... Has fail that second restaurant because they haven't figured that out yet. Mm. You know, they go and they do that second restaurant, right? And they're not at the first one. The first one starts to go down because they're not there anymore. You, know, was uh, my, the, you was, know, I think a company should work just as good, if not better, when you're not there. What was the key thing you did to get to that point?
0: If you can narrow it down to maybe one, or even two or three things, if you have to.
1: Well, when it, to go to the second restaurant? Yeah. Well, I saved a lot of money. I mean, I, I, I try not to use banks as much as I, could. I mean, I mean, I do use a bank here and there, but First Republic's my bank. But uh, I think you need to have
0: money. I mean, uh, I, 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 we, I... I was actually uh, more interested uh, in how you got to the point where you made it in the sense that not everybody was relying on you being there. How did you... Bridge that gap, getting to that point. Where well, I started be taking
1: a couple of days off. Mm-hmm. That that's you know, I used to work like every day, you know, and I would take maybe sunny nights off or something. Uh, and then because you, you never really know, you know, you start taking days off and see how it, you know what what happens, you know. And uh, so I saw that you know it didn't really matter. You know, I was off, and, and the restaurant still did great. We still packed. We still had to wait. You know, so that's a really good indication that yeah. you cannot be there. You know, and not, I'm not saying go goof off. I mean, I. I do these drive-bys a lot in our restaurant. I'll come in, I, I walk to the diner, room, I talk to people, and, and I go to the next one. You know, I I, I learned that from Wolfgang Puck, by the way, because he he does that. Yeah.
0: So we have, Steve, uh, for a short window today. I want to make the most of our time. There's one thing that's really kind of uh, nudging me right now, one thing I want to get from you before Mm -hmm. going to the speed round. And in your book, you talk about the importance of staying fresh. Mm -hmm. I think that's another secret to your your success. Over 34 years now in business,
1: staying fresh. How do you stay fresh? Okay, this is a great question because it kind of goes back to your first question about my dad, right? What I learned from my dad, paying attention. You can't have your head in the sand today. And I think a lot of restaurants do. They have the same menu they had when they first opened. Mm -hmm. That's ludicrous okay you have to keep changing you got to pay attention to trends okay i know avocado toast right who's you know i don't want to eat that anymore but you know there are trends that you kind of have to have the first time you, know? you were on the
0: show you talked about the importance of paying attention to gluten-free and how right. well you're doing because yeah, how of did that work out that?
1: gluten-free did I, was I right on that one <laughs> yeah, right absolutely. i mean that was I, we four were, years ago yeah we were uh revolutionary with that we, we had incredible gluten you know i do awaken 180 a weight loss program we have a, a menu for that uh you know we, we I'll give it i give it an ingredient, farro. Okay, farro is an Italian grain for a salad, all right? If you asked me three years ago, four years ago what farro was, I, you know, and I'm a chef, I I w I wouldn't have known what it was. Now Farrow is hot. Everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. You know, we've had Farrow for four years. We were one of the first restaurants in Boston to have Farrow because I pay attention. I'm reading menus. I'm, I'm reading everything I can possibly read, uh, and I think that's what you got to do. You've got to pay attention and keep changing. Don't become the next Bennigan's or the Hilltop in Saugus. You know, I, I drive by that Hilltop sign every morning, and it, and it pumps me up because now it's a parking lot. It's become a lifestyle center. The restaurant's long gone because they didn't change. And it was one of the iconic restaurants in America, right? They were doing $25 million a year back when that was a lot of money. Wow. So, <laughs> that was a joke. still a lot of money. <laughs> so what, were your
0: two, what are your two favorite resources to stay plugged in, to, to stay up with what's going
1: on? Well, I think the internet, I know that seems kind of a, a big thing. But, uh, you know, back – I used to travel – a lot, and I would go to cities. I would just go to Chicago for three days, and I would go to every restaurant I could, you know. And I would, and, and not, you know, I, I was cheap. You know, I wouldn't just go eat five courses. I would go and sit at the bar, order something, grab the menu, you know. And then I would go. I, some nights I'd go three or four restaurants just to get as much knowledge. Like it. now, you don't have to do that anymore. We have this thing called the internet. Right. Okay. So what you do is you you can go on uh, a lot of different sites and figure out what the best restaurants are out in different cities, uh, and, and look at their menus, pay attention. Go to the library, get books, or go to the bookstores. There's a lot of books coming out, you know, so I'm always doing that. And I'm also, you know, you still need to travel. I think it's really important to mm-hmm. travel.
0: So, I absolutely 100% agree mm-hmm. with you. Uh, get out there, experience, go to the restaurants that people are talking
1: about. Right, and don't go, like, if you have a week off, don't go to, like, the Bahamas and <laughs> sit on the beach for a week. You know, look, I know you might not do that every once in a while, but you, if you're young and you want to learn, the only way to learn is to get out and okay. travel.
0: I love it. So yeah. there's one question I'm asking all my guests before going to the speed round. This will be a true speed round today. Mm-hmm. But that question is, how have you transformed? The the mission statement of Restaurant Unstoppable is to transform the industry. We do that by making an example of people like you. So how have you transformed over the past 34 years?
1: You know, I, I think I've gotten healthier. I think, you know, I think I have really th- I think about you know i i work out every i run every day I, I i watch what i eat i I don't drink as much i I think I've transformed personally my own self um but i've 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 kind of settled down with, you know even though I might sound crazy and passionate you know i am a little nutty <laughs> but i I've kind of settled down a little bit um with how I think, you know, and, and even though I just said you need to keep changing self awareness yeah, but but yeah i 've just kind of got more relaxed, you know because I think I was a little crazy, yeah, I love it. Yeah. This
0: has been a great conversation we 're going to take one more break to thank our sponsors and we 'll be right thing that you love the most about Rebel Systems, what would it be? It's definitely their vast reporting abilities on the back end. We utilize a lot of the reports such as speed of service, taxes, sales reports, labor reports. It's all there to help you run your business. Beautiful guys, and if you're listening to this, Revel works with businesses that are looking to implement cutting edge technology that helps increase revenue, improve efficiencies, and enhance experience of their employees and their customers. To learn more, head over to RevelSystems slash unstoppable. All right, we're back, and the first question I have for you is: What is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success?
1: I run every morning. I, I- I didn't want to say more than that. I (laughs) run every morning. Four miles still? Uh, More than that now. I'm like seven. There you uh, go.
0: That's awesome. What is your biggest weakness? I eat too much. (laughs) Well, good thing you run four (laughs) miles every morning. What is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process?
1: I ask, what do you do to be philanthropic? Mm. If somebody is philanthropic, we want them in this company. What is your biggest challenge today? Finding the right people. Share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team.
0: A way to be, a way to act. Be yourself. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? This is something to do to go above and beyond what's expected.
1: Do whatever it takes. Uh, Eye contact. Never say no.
0: What is one book aside from uh, (laughs) it's all about the guest? And I think the last time you were on the show, you also recommended Danny Myers. Myers Myers Is there another book that you can share with our, our audience?
1: Yeah, Tom Brady has a pretty good book about getting healthy. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, and what is one thing you feel restauranteurs don't do well enough or often enough?
1: I don't think they take care of their people as much as they should. I, I think our industry, uh, sometimes they forgot how they got there.
0: What is one piece of technology you've adopted within the four walls of your restaurants that has a, had a huge impact on operations, communications, uh Anything along those lines, profitability, that you can share with us? Last time you said your smartphone. Cameras. What's the impact of having the cameras? Uh,
1: You know what? It keeps everybody on their toes. Everyone knows everything's being filmed all the time now, and uh, there's just no more bullshit. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't do this. I didn't. It it just. Accountability and honesty. Yeah, it really does. Not that we didn't have it before, but, you know, I've had people uh, spill their guts when I say, you know, we have it on film. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, the honesty comes out. So it's really important to have cameras so this is the last
0: question it's a doozy are you ready for it if you got the news you'd be leaving this world tomorrow uh, all the memories of uh, you your, your memories your work would be gone with your departure with the exception of three pieces of knowledge you could leave behind for your legacy and for the good of humanity what would those three pieces of knowledge be that you would leave behind
1: well it would be sad if I left today yes, it would. That, that would not be good but you know three pieces of knowledge that's a really tough question because it's just impossible to do three but if I had to say three pieces I would say uh, like I said already today is that uh, you have to love what you do Uh, I I think it's really important that uh, if you look at all the successful people in this world I guarantee you they love what they do Uh, I, I think it's very difficult to become successful in life in Marriage, or in, in financially, or, or whatever, uh, unless you love it, right? You, you, marriages don't work unless you love your wife, right? You know, the uh, business doesn't do well unless you love your business. So I, I think you've really got to love what you do. Number one, love what you do. Number two, show up every day. You know, never take it for granted. You know, whatever whatever you do, uh, give it your all. Never stop. You know, I, I think some people coast, and I, and I don't understand that. I don't understand why they why they coast. Uh, you know. It just, it's just crazy. All you know, right. you know. Sell it. Get out. Retire. Don't, you know, just get well, out of it.
0: <laughs> love what you do. Show up. And what's number three?
1: Don't forget number one and number two. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> number three would be. This is. you I tell you. I do it's a, a lot of the stuff. That it's, it's, it's such a deep thing. It is. You know, it's it such is. an it's important not an easy question. It's such an important thing to 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 leave. You know. um you know, I, I would hope that. jeez, uh, that's just. I'll category. just paraphrase something I pulled yeah. from you. Yes, and
0: it, you have this this focus on your people and making it all about your people, all about the guests. And you already pointed out once today that it's not just the guests that come in th- through the front door; it's the guests that come in the back door to yeah. your, your your people. Well, right? you know, my
1: third thing would be never forget where you came from. You know, I, I think, you know, obviously I'm doing okay. You know, but if anything, I'm probably more humble now than I've ever been, and and I think. Stay humble. Mm. I think that's important.
0: Steve Filippo, this has been a great conversation. We wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. So who is one independent restaurant operator, somebody you admire and believe would make a great guest mentor like you've made for us today?
1: Wow. There's a lot of I Have you ever talked to Roger Berkowitz? I have not. Roger, look out. i coming that's, after you. That's who
0: you want to get. And what's, What restaurant is he with?
1: Legal Seafoods.
0: Roger, look out, I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. And uh, let the folks at home know, how can we follow you? Maybe you want to come join your team and be a part of what you're doing. you got restaurants opening up in, in uh, Boston, all over, all over the country. Well,
1: you know, I'm at Steve Filippo Twitter. You can tweet me. I'm My email is steve at com. You know, I'm accessible. I mean, people email me all over the place. And, uh, you know, so just email me or if you want to tweet me, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, I'm – I'll get right back to you. I guarantee it. I do. Steve,
0: mm. thank you for coming on the show for a second time, sure. for sharing you. your story, for, for making us all better with your story. Uh, there is no questioning, my man. You are mm. unstoppable. <laughs> right. Cheers.